0: It's the Tillcast, episode 458, Kitty Yodeling.
1: And this week, guys, we've got a lot of talk about Loop Hero, Mr. Prepper, Gunfire Reborn, Phoenix Point, and Breath Edge. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Tillcast, and we are back. Uh, just getting it out of, out there, um, we are an M-rated show, I'm Nas.
0: I'm Rusty, and we are sans-a-Jason today. And I guess that means you're going to get about a who-knows-amount of
1: bullshit.
0: A few minutes of bullshit.
1: Some games and some news, it is 10.47 p.m. on a Saturday night.
0: We are a little late today for many, 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 many reasons. There's always something a little bit hinky. I've been doing this a long time. It's 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 a thing. We're we're grown people and uh sometimes we have other things that we have to deal with or, or just conversation. Or yeah, or or conversation. We've been doing a lot of fucking talking about shit. So, um a lot of behind the scenes work. So, yeah, and a little bit of gaming. Where the hell was Jason? Uh he went to go see some family out of state and uh man This guy, he's like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and just do this. He told you. I know he told you. I know he told you that he was going to be out of state, even though you— Yeah, and for
1: some reason, I thought that was next week. In my head, it was next week, and so I had set the deal up for the guest for next week.
0: Oh, well, that's nice. So we'll have a—we'll
1: maybe have a guest next week? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to— Put that on them yet? Right. So, so I've been actually looking for other people, and the here's the thing I don't realize is I don't have the same kind of lives that everybody else did. And as restrictions are lifting around here, yeah, um, there's a lot of people with plans
0: on a Saturday night. I well, obviously it's a weekend. Um, so I mean that's a thing. I mean, I hit up. I'm not going to even say how many people
1: I hit up. About twenty people.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah, go figure. Who wants to sit around a microphone on a Saturday night and record a podcast? Us. We do for wow. ten years. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was Friday nights, which is still as bad, just as bad. Um, oh, we've done Sunday nights too. We've yeah, we've done Sunday nights before. But hey, it's that's a thing um aging gamer dudes sitting around a microphone talking about video games and life and shit and uh you know mostly shit and sometimes life uh, a lot of video you, games though you've been watching a cat though for fucking god 4 days or something damn it like jason's got this thing with like kids and pets and things he's got to have a full house and i'm like the opposite of that uh my place jason has, has Three kids, a wife, a cat, and a dog. Like literally full house, right? It's so, a three
1: bedroom house, and he has all of those things. He,
0: right. So, he needs to go fucking have a vacation with his, you know, with his family and has to deal with like who's going to watch the dog, who's going to watch the cat. Like, the cat is fine. You put down food, the cat will shit in a box, and boom, done. You don't have to fucking worry about a cat, but they were worried about a cat. They were worried that that cat, was going to starve to death. I have never seen this cat before. So, I'm I'm going and doing the the normal like you know, single dude video gamer thing, right? I play video games, I work, I sleep, I fucking like cook food in the place that I, you know, do most of those things and that's my life, man. But the uh the the reality here is is he wanted somebody to watch the cat. And there isn't a cat sitter in, you know, in, in here and in, in anywhere near us, because who the fuck wants to have a cat sitter or pay for a cat sitter? Right? So he calls me up. He's like, Hey, I need you to watch my cat. I'm like, so you want me to take a cat in that I've never seen before, have a shit box in my bathroom And feed and water a thing that basically just like exists just because, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, it'll be easy. You really don't have to do anything more than pet the damn thing. And I'm like, okay, fine, I guess. I've had cats before. I know how to deal with them. But um, yeah, so he brought over a cat. Uh, He, (laughs) like I said, I've never seen this cat before. Like, I know that new cat situations like you know, if you have other animals, you separate the cat from the other animals, they get acclimated, you give them some time uh, and, and stuff. I don't have any other animals, so the acclimation time was lock the fucker in a bathroom, give it a couple hours to adjust to the surroundings, see that the litter box is in that room, and then have it explore out from there so that it knows where the litter box is because I'm not picking up shit. Especially cat shit, fucking stinky. Um, but yeah, so that's what happened. He brings the cat in in like the tiniest fucking box, like it's maybe three inches tall. Why do you put a cat in a box? He put the cat in the box so that you, uh, and you when you introduce a cat to a new environment, it's normally best to do it on a, in a covered carrier, like. So that the cat doesn't see where it's going. It just is in a place and then explores out from that place. It's good for its, you know, to, you know, have the first place that it, it, it exists in a space be the place where the litter box is. That way it knows where the litter box is at all times. Um, and, and that's just in my experience. So he brought it over in a box because his cat carrier got destroyed unexpectedly and didn't have a cat carrier. So this little this little box, three inches tall ish, you know, three or, was this a kitten? Three or four inches tall. Like, no, this is a full size cat, and by full, uh, full size, I mean fucking Garfield. I'm like, I'm not Wait, even how sure. Did he,
1: how did you put the cat in the box?
0: I have no idea how he got the cat in the box. I have no idea how that cat even fit in that box. Poor fucking thing had to have been squished inside that fucking box. Right. And I'm like, you didn't leave this cat in the box from the time that you left your place to here because it's basically like this little tiny thing. Right. Uh, And the cat is definitely not tiny. It was like a big cat in a little box. Right. Uh he pops the top of the fucking thing and out pops Garfield because basically this fucker's chunky dude is like this is a cat after my own fucking heart. Like it knows where the food bowl is, you know. Uh and it pops out, and the first fucking thing is looks straight, you know, right at fucking Jason and goes, Meow. Like, you're an asshole. <laughs> Like, was it a long box? It, it, was a li- it, was, it was, it was about, I don't know, about the size, like a little bit longer than a shoebox, essentially. It was a, a big cat in a shoebox, a little bit bigger, but I mean, he's going to give me shit for like, you know, misrepresenting the box, but it was much smaller than I expected, a, you know, the cat box to be like that
1: gigabyte box over there?
0: Uh a little bit a little bit longer than that. I'd say about just about twice as long as that but about uh about that thick if not a little thinner. It's a power supply box. About a power supply box. Um it's granted that's a that's a that's a 1000 a watt power supply box. Yeah but it, it's still a power supply box. Yeah, yeah, it's so random fucking like Amazon Prime boxes like where this cat came from and is probably Maybe like that one up there? Yeah, about the about like that. I mean, he's pointing out boxes around the fucking room and shit. Um but yeah, it's uh, it's about like that. Now the cat is like twice as thick as that. You know, so I am I'm I am certain that that cat was flattened inside that box somehow. Um and <laughs> did he open the top or did him, he slide it in? Yeah, I, he, the top was open, so so I mean the cat could breathe and everything. It was the cat was maybe fine. He had did he have the box open while I was in the car? Um, that's what I'm thinking. Where he stuffed it into the box just take before, it up the just before he brought it in. And uh and and it only existed in that box for like thirty seconds or so, but I still I, I still like how the fuck did that even happen? Anywho, this fucking this fucking cat in the tiny box, uh, you know, comes out and you know, and of course I'm gonna lock it in my bathroom for a little bit just to uh to give it some time to acclimate to my place and I just go back to doing whatever the fuck I'm doing, right? I'm playing video games and whatnot. And I'm like, a couple hours later, I'm like, fuck, it!" I mean, it just realized I've never had a pet in my apartment and I haven't well, had, had to deal you with
1: had Lola in your apartment. Once. Well, I
0: mean, any for any length of time. Right. Outside right. of, you know, outside of just like having somebody come visit. Um, So there was so this cat is locked in my bathroom for probably about three hours. Just fine. I mean, it's, you know, it's got its food and water. Everything's fine, right? Uh, I go, I open up the door uh, and this cat is pitifully huddled behind my toilet. Like in a fucking corner, just pitifully huddled in this fucking, you know, behind the toilet. And I'm like, oh, oh, I've, I am just a, I'm a horrible human being. (laughs) And then, then I realized the cat's claws have already sunk into me. Um <laughs> it comes out from behind the toilet makes like a very meek meow crawls right uh, cuz i sat down on the you know on the floor and it crawls right into my lap and flips over like you know cats do sometimes but it was a totally like you know pet me situation and it's been that way for fucking like 4 days uh i have not been able to like not pet this fucking cat because it exists in a house that has way more hands than it than is in my apartment uh so it always gets attention where it lives i cannot give it enough attention and it wants attention all the fucking time uh so gaming with that cat in the you know in the apartment was near impossible I would sit try back
1: something t- turn-based
0: like I sat, well, I, this, this, I'll get into the games that I ended up having to play because I had no other choice. Um, but every time I sat down at my, you know, at my computer, the cat would be right in front of me, right in my face and always head butting my chin. I couldn't drink my G fuel because the cat would bump into the bottom of the can while I was drinking and I would get way more G fuel than I expected. Um, I would, uh, I'd be just kind of, I'd lean back in my chair and the cat would basically make a scarf out of itself and wrap itself around my neck. Uh, so yeah. So where's it sleeping? So, I mean, it sleeps where it wants. Uh, the thing about this cat though, I, I'm a, I'm a night person, right? I've talked about this plenty of times on the show, but the cat is definitely not like the whole household that it comes from is not night people. Uh, So it had to adjust to a night schedule on like, you know, on the, you know, immediately, right? So when nighttime happens, the cat made a sound that I had only ever heard once before. And that was when I had a male cat that hadn't been fixed yet and it was caterwauling. And if you've ever heard a cat caterwaul it's probably the most annoying sound outside of like, you know, uh, I, I don't know what, what another fucking annoying sound. It's it's very, you know, it, it gets on your nerves immediately because it's just like constant fucking meowing for hours. It would go on and fucking like sit in the middle of my kitchen and like point itself at a wall, and it's like singing to itself. The cat was fucking yodeling. It was crazy, dude. Uh, <clears throat> and I found out like I'm trying to figure out what the fuck's wrong with this cat. Like something's broken, right? I even uh, took a video of it, sent it to you know, sent it to uh, Jason's wife, and said, "I think your cat's broken." And it's just the cat fucking <laughs> yodeling. Um, and uh, do you have a sample? I. I Oh, I, maybe, on my, oh, gosh. On the spot, fucking yes, I think I do still have that video somewhere. No, no, and how do I, how do I work phone? Um.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there's something kind of weird about that.
0: What is your deal? (laughs) So. That's, uh, that was for, that was that for hours on end. And it was just figuring out what the fuck the deal was, right? Uh, I thought maybe it just misses its humans. Maybe it's this, that, the other thing. I found out that A, the cat is deathly afraid of the dark. Like, I turn the lights out and it will go nuts. Uh, and I sleep in complete blackness because I'm a you know night shift worker. I have blackout curtains on pretty much every window. And um that's the only way I can sleep is in complete darkness. So I turn the lights out, cat goes nuts. So I have to leave the fucking light on. Great. Now I've got a cat that's that is a very literal Freddy cat. Um <clears throat> and then uh, then after a couple days, I figure out. This cat is going doing this because it expects me to be in bed at that point. So at about eleven o'clock at night, it will do that. And when I go to you know go to actually lay down at 8, eleven a.m. or so, it will continue to do that because I'm supposed to be up petting the cat. So, so I have gotten shit sleep for the past three or four days or so because this cat has actually kept me up with its yodeling. And, and that's the only thing I can explain it as is fucking cat yodeling. Uh And it will, it will just do that constantly. So, Jason, I am so glad that you're Uh, you're, you're, you're back and he's going to collect the, the cat from me tonight and I'm going to finally get some rest. (laughs) The other thing is, I mean, like I've dealt with uh, having animals before, just not recently. Um, I've had a cat before, uh, and you know, it was, there was a thing in, you know, in my previous apartment, um. But I've you know quickly learned that a i'm not gonna get ever get another cat because oh my God, fucking litter box maintenance is uh, disgusting, oh my God, like everything that is like sweet and fucking like cuddly about a cat th- there's gotta be some kind of negative like all of the all of the shit things that happens with you know with animals. Cats are cute and cuddly. It leaves all of the you know the nasty shit in the litter box, and you have to clean it up. Um, so it is stinky and bad, and you know like messy and oh, it's nuts. It's nuts. I will never have a cat. Um, so when are you gonna watch Lola? That was the next thing. I'm not gonna have a dog in my place until I actually have a yard. That is that is my. Uh, uh, that is my thing. I won't, I won't have a dog in an apartment, uh, and that is that's a personal thing. I under and I understand there's plenty of people who have dogs in apartments, and it's not like you, know, oh, you can't I, I, have a dog in an no, apartment. No, I'm
1: just saying for like two or three days.
0: Oh, you want me to open up a fucking like pet watching business? Is that it? Um,
1: I mean, she just needs to snuggle.
0: And that's fine. The other, the, the thing about the cat was I could leave the cat. I didn't have to worry about walking the cat. Uh, And thankfully there wasn't any messes with the cat, but fuck me. I mean, I, I have, I have to work for, you know, upwards to 12 hours a day uh, and I can't always be there. So, uh that is why i need to have a yard and a doggy door or something some way for the dog to actually you know let itself out if i ever like get a dog so watching a lola would have to be on a uh, on a weekend where i would have time to actually walk the dog and you're going to have to pay me in fucking pop tarts or something because i don't know what the fuck man uh she's a handful she wants attention 24/7 as well was, like the entire time i was talking about the cat the dog was over here fucking with my arm <laughs> trying to get me to pet her <laughs> so
1: she's not like that all day like once you the newness wears off
0: is that that's what happens on podcast nights. And a lot of the reason why a lot of the reason why we are recording later and later sometimes is that Lola just doesn't calm down until probably an hour or more after I get here. And I'm normally the last one through the door. You know, because I'm a night guy. Um, but yeah, that's <sighs> dude. I, I I'm done with the whole like. I don't want i don't I'm good with uh oh, pet watching
1: she's easy to sleep with I mean she doesn't she D- sleeps in
0: <laughs> she sleeps in she's also on a day schedule I would she fuck sleeps, dog up like she you know, sleeps
1: upwards around sixteen to eighteen hours a day
0: and 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 that is fine but that you know that f- fucking six hours where the where she's awake she is very awake
1: you know she doesn't do to that too, I work all day, and she's just snoozing,
0: yeah, and then and then and and then I come in, and then she's like a ball full of energy, and she gets it all out in one one go, right she,
1: she get it all out while you're waking up, basically, yeah,
0: great, that's just what I need um it's pretty fun. it's very simple. my life is very simple. I don't necessarily need to deal with like having to walk the dog or uh or clean cat litter or any of that bullshit. I love to be able to w- wake up, play games, go to work, play games, come home. I mean, come home, play games. <laughs> One of those things is out of order. But uh <laughs> uh but it's very it, I'm very simple. Like I like to keep things as simple as possible and you know, while I understand the companionship of an uh, of a pet I uh also you know really value not having to you know maintain. And if I don't if I feel like this is this is another thing that's me, if I feel like I can't maintain and give the animal everything that it needs, I won't have an animal because I wouldn't put I wouldn't put an animal through a uh you know a situation where they're not being, you know, taken care of.
1: Which kind of reminds me, so, like, it's been a really weird week, but um, I'm still getting used to this, like, oh, God, a.m. schedule. Like, I'm waking up at 545 versus about 815.
0: Dude, that schedule would fucking wreck me, dude. <laughs> um,
1: which means I get into a weird semi-sleep state on podcast night to, like, reacclimate before you guys come over. Yeah. Because I'm going to bed at about ten thirty. 11. <laughs> he puts
0: himself in the sleep pod and fucking power naps.
1: I kind of do. I when I say weird week, I've been grilling a lot more lately because it's a lot warmer. You know, I mowed the backyard. I still mowed the front yard, but I mowed the backyard. And then I was like, you know what? I need to I need to use the grill portion of my smoker. Yeah. And I've been burning the shit out of myself, so you can see all these fucking band aids that I got all over myself.
0: I was wondering what the fuck was going on with the band aids. Like literally, uh, like I ran how... out of band aids. I ran. I had. <laughs> you ran out of band aids. I did. Um, He's like, "No, I'm just using old rags."
1: <laughs> no, so like, I want to say it was th- Wednesday morning. I got up in a stupor, and I like split my knee open on the door jam. Um, just bumping into shit as I was waking up and then I was bleeding all over the place and then Lola's like licking my knee it's like, What are you doing? It's like then her face is red, so it looks like a horror scene. Oh my god. And I was like really bleeding, and she's like lit- frantically licking my knee, like, You've got something going on in here, buddy. <laughs> and so I'm like, Oh shit. So and I didn't have a bandage big enough to fix it.
0: You fucking vampire? Oh my god. So
1: I went and got like a paper towel and some uh masking tape <laughs> And put that on my knee <laughs> and then had to wait till lunch to go to, like, Walgreens to go get some Band-Aids. That's,
0: that sounds a lot like what fucking happened with my finger my fucking fingernail.
1: So, I mean, it's – you can't tell now because I've got it pretty bandaged up. But she's, like, always checking my bandages now. Like, she comes over and sniffs to make sure I'm, like, not bleeding and shit. <laughs> and then grilling, I uh, – well, two things. One of these there air fryer, one of these is the grill. I got really impatient and, like, reached down to get some ribs off a rack in there instead of using, like, tongs and, like, bumped one of the grills and, like, burned the shit out of the top of my hand. God, And then earlier this week – well, earlier, like yesterday – I was making wings and I reached into the air fryer and, like, burned myself on the edge of the – I've got – it looks like – it looks like I slipped my wrist. Like, the (laughs) – I don't want to pull this off right now, but, like, it's a really – dark burn right across my wrist. I, I guess that's the wrong way, but, but <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter. It's it right. looks like a suicide attempt. It, it my... So I've got like three band-aids on
0: myself right now. I look ridiculous. You do look ridiculous. I was, I mean, dude, we're going to need to get you some safety gloves. You're you're not allowed in the fucking kitchen no, I need without like a full fucking safety. I need like s- bumpers. You know? You, you, yeah, you do. Um,
1: well, sometimes when I wake up, I kind of play bumper cards to the walls until I kind of get going, you know, dude,
0: you just need to wake up before you eat. That's the thing, you know? So we were talking about that, but yeah, it's, it's been that kind of week, but like, like I said, like Lola
1: was really upset that I was, it's like, she just occasionally sniffs my knee and won't leave my knee alone for a little bit until she's taking care
0: of her human. She loves you.
1: Yeah. She's a she's is an it, odd animal. We've it, also been trying to play f- catch. I was talking to Jess about this. See, there she goes again. Yep. She's gotta, checking
0: you. Got to make
1: sure. I'm good.
0: Nope, 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 nope. Maybe she just likes the way you taste. Maybe. Um, it, I mean, it is a Lola, so who knows? Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I was talking to Jess about this. She's like, because Lola's like a, a runty, pity boxer mix. And uh, I was telling her about my, I'm trying to teach her how to play fetch. So I bought some really cheap Frisbees. and I say cheap, like $0.97, dollar dollar-cent store cheap, you know? Yeah. And uh, I've been throwing them, and she really likes running after it. She really likes picking it up, looking at me, dropping it, and then coming back.
0: So no, She's like, I found it, and then <laughs> drops it. So I
1: walk over there, and I've got two Frisbees. And so she'll go chase the other one. And then i got to go pick up both Frisbees,
0: go to the other side of the yard. Well, she's just working, uh, making sure that you're getting wor- your workout. And so then i got to throw them the out.
1: other direction, and then... She's not getting that I want her to grab it and then bring it back, and then I'll make the motion to grab it, and then she'll go grab a rope and then come over to me instead of grabbing the frisbee. I'm just like, <laughs>
0: we're we're not communicating here at well, all. It's that is always a you know a a thing with Lola. Like no matter how much you yell or she's super stubborn use too, a, use a uh, verbal command of any kind, she won't hear you. She's deaf, so. Uh it's it's what every special needs owner has to deal with. Well, is... I get
1: frustrated. It's like, I know you can't hear me, but you're not blind too. Like, pay attention to my hands. Yeah,
0: it just takes it takes additional training. Um I mean the good idea. For... i probably
1: I've probably said it before. It took her I'm really big on positive reinforcement. And positive reinforcement when a dog's peeing on your floor. It's it kind of difficult. Yeah. Um, you got to catch her in the act a, and she always does it in secret when she does. Of so course. It's... Cause it took knows. me a year to potty train her, and uh, like you definitely any kind of negative thing you do, like you can't, the the closest thing to a negative thing she ever gets from my hands is when I snag her by her neck. Right. The, the by the scruff of her neck. Right. When she's really doing oh something God. that she shouldn't be doing. There's, but that's usually that's revert. That was reserved for when she decided to attack Zoe over food or like she's about to run out the door or something crazy like that. And I got to a point when she was getting really food aggressive that I could like, it was almost like the dad, you ever see those videos of dads like catching babies when they're falling and stuff like that. Like it just became an automatic response anytime that she was about to do something. I'd just – the hand would shoot out and I'd yep. snag her by the – not by the collar, right by the scruff. And, and she, she knows that she's her. getting pitched on the scruff. She's like, uh-oh. She stops. Like the other really – if she's in a lot of trouble, like she did something really bad. Yeah. Is you grab her by the scruff and roll her on her back and then she knows – because that's a domination that, that's thing, a right? Some, and so,
0: yeah, put her in a submissive position. Yeah,
1: But I reserve that for extreme situations where she's really done something really bad and I'm catching her in the middle of it. And She,
0: she knows at that point. Yeah, there's
1: – She got – her for whatever reason, she snapped at jessa um over food, it's always over food, uh, of course, yeah, and that was one of the times that I did that really quick, and she uh turned into a little butterball, of course, immediately after that, yeah, she, very knew submissive. she did. she's like, oh, I fucked up severely,
0: yeah it. It's she just needs, you know, she needs to learn, and it's hard to social, you know, to do all of the training that you need to do with a dog that that has this turned into the pet cast. Holy shit. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> the uh, but yeah, it's hard to t- train everything that you would normally train into a dog when they're puppy, you know, uh, when they have a sense that's missing. Um, so you know, uh, yeah. She's she's doing really well now. I mean, she ex- expects me to love her every time and she watches my hands all the time because you've trained her to do so. Uh, and I talk with my hands. So she thinks I'm talking to her the entire podcast, which means that's why she jumps up on my chest at least once a podcast. I got that out of the way before we started recording, by the way. So hopefully it doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, I mean <laughs> – we need to like Yeah. So
1: anyways, <laughs> um games and stuff. Dude. Horrible
0: segue. But we've been <laughs> I the... mean I was saying something I was saying something about like having the cat in you know like in what were you even able to play? Dude, the cat being in my face th- being able to, you know, play any PC games was not happening. So you dude. broke out
1: the PlayStation?
0: No. I, I I ended up having to find games that only required like one hand on any peripheral. Or a controller? Because no, I I mean controller, you have to have both hands on it. I couldn't even play a controller game, dude. So I uh I, I saw you we were playing the the loop hero game and you know and i realized Loop Hero you only need the mouse to play that game. Yeah, right like, click and left click. Right click and left click. So i was like this is perfect. The cat can be like right in my face and i can have my left hand free to pet the cat while i'm playing Loop Hero. Uh so i ended up getting a lot of time into Loop Hero <laughs> over the last few days. Um i don't know probably maybe what twenty ish hours or so? That's a of loop lot hero? of
1: loop hero. That is a lot of loop hero.
0: Um, so I take it, is there a class beyond the necromancer? Uh no, there isn't a class beyond the necromancer. But the necromancer is fucking amazing. Um, I'm a big fan of the necromancer. Necromancer is probably the way uh, to play that game. I mean, all the other, it seems like the warrior and the rogue are like. Way harder than the necromancer is to play. Uh, I just think so. If you haven't played Loop Hero, Loop Hero
1: is an interesting game where you've got basically a pause button and a clicking button, right? <laughs> so the pause button lets you pause things so you can do things. That's way oversimplifying it. It's not really a deck builder game, but it kind of is. So you use you build out the map like the the story of the loop is you're remembering as you go, right and Basically, that means that you're placing land tiles on this map, and your character goes in a loop in auto battles. What changes about the auto battles, though, is that um, the gear that you have changes your stats, which does make a difference on the way that the auto battle goes. And the land you place adds different stat bonuses and materials. And what you're doing is you're collecting materials to take back to your base, basically, uh, to build up your base, um, to continue to advance the game and as you go in the loop you go through and you get so much XP essentially it lands a boss and all the different things all the tiles that you're putting down or the cards are different effects on tiles so like you can put like six mountains together or nine mountains together to build a big mountain which gives you more HP and gives you rocks right and some something else
0: and it spawns a harpy
1: yeah and then you uh but then you can drop different tiles down like a graveyard right and i think the graveyard gives you rocks and
0: memory skeleton. memory fragments and rocks after you get a uh after you get an upgrade but it's and it spawns skeletons
1: right and so like you can actually and you need the you need the mobs to get the xp so you're kind of placing them strategically because there's different cards that buff those tiles too right like lamp post reduce the overall spawn per day um you've got a one that completely erases the tile or oblivion. What, oblivion. Yeah, you, you remember this stuff pretty well at this point. Um so there's all these different modifiers you're putting on this board. Think of it like a game board, right? Like you're going in a circle around on a game board. Pretty much. And you're building up that game board as you get more cards. The cards drop from the monsters or the quests that you get from having the village tile. Right. Um and you kind of create this map and then the objective is to get far enough around that you can actually bring ship back, right? Which means sometimes you gotta retreat. Um and sometimes you don't. But the different things you're upgrading in your town also give you different cards or different abilities to take with you into battle. So
0: Yep. And you can actually uh in in the town you can actually furnish the town with different like Different things like food items and furniture and jewelry and stuff like that that give you passive bonuses for future runs so that you can kind of build a village. Say if you're, if you're playing a specific class like the warrior, for instance, there's three classes. You unlock them as you go. Uh, but the warrior is what you start out with. Uh, and the warrior really works well. And I guess the rogue too works well with vampirism uh where they uh where they do whenever they do damage they heal a little bit um yeah the
1: necromancer for whatever reason doesn't do very good with that cuz there doesn't seem to be enough drops to give you vampirism well
0: you don't you don't use vampirism as the uh as the necromancer because ideally you're not taking the damage your skeletons are uh that in it uses magic hp which is you know one of the items that it can unlock yeah, so
1: like the necromancer has a shield that recharges all right. the time, and for any direct damage to you, and then you've got different skills that you can split some of that damage between your skeletons. Mm-hmm. And what he does is he summons skeletons, and you get different levels based on the gear that you equip him with. And so he's always rezzing skeletons to fight for him in his battles, which actually I think is kind of cool.
0: But... Yeah, it's it, it's a thing, but the the um you know the crafts that you do for the you know for the you know for your little campsite um you know a little village that you're building out there actually makes a pretty big change you can add like counts chairs for instance is like adds 1% more vampirism as long as you have some vampirism uh and the rogue starts out with 5% so you can actually you you know the rogue doesn't get vampirism items from monsters uh, at least that I saw um but you can add counts chairs, and it will up its vamp, you know, up that class's vampirism, so that it has some more sustain throughout a loop. Um, whereas the counts chairs do nothing for the necromancer because it doesn't have innate vampirism, doesn't need it, uses magic, you know, magic HP instead. Um, so what I found was uh, using uh, using forest tiles. So with the Necromancer, the attack speed is your summon speed for skeletons. So uh, uh, your character will just basically sit there taking damage to the chin and then summon a skeleton and then sit there and take damage to the chin and summon another skeleton, right? And every so often the enemies will hit the skeletons instead of you. Uh, and your skeletons are the, basically the only damage that you have going out. So, um, I mean, your character does like five damage <laughs> when it does attack. So it really, really does suck. Uh, but the, uh, you know, one of the things that you can do is add forests. And forests give you, is a tile that you can place down that gives you 1% or 2% to attack speed. And once you get the you know, the Necromancer up to 80% to hundred percent attack speed he is just spitting the skeletons out, and if the skeletons die, he's got like another one coming out right then, so you can you can fill up your uh your skeleton army really quickly and just mow through even s- some of the hardest loops and that's what i what I was doing is i just i just kept going like I beat a boss once you go once you place a certain number of tiles on a loop uh you will uh, you will end up uh, summoning the boss and then you have the uh, the option after beating the boss to continue that loop with all the gear that you have and all the tiles that you've placed. And I think I got up to like loop 20 before I said, you know what, I'm full on resources at this point. It makes no sense for me to continue. So I went back, but I could have easily continued um and you get good runs you get bad runs it's a it's a roguelike so it's all kind of like rng but you you once you get a good run going uh you can actually go for a good period of time get as many resources as you possibly can take them back and then upgrade your uh your little campfire base uh base place and um man it it's it just has a really interesting and cool loop and the fact that the you know each loop is different, it's all randomized. It's all uh, it, it it feels the same, but it's different every single time. I um, would I would agree with that. I do feel like I
1: can't play it in super long chunks of time. I can play it for about an hour or two at a time. That's about where I'm at with it. Because I have I feel did I play it this week? I was trying to see if I did. I don't know if I have played it this week, but I mean I want to say that I have close the same amount of time into it that you do, if not just a hair less.
0: Yeah, it's it was just uh it was just a thing that I could actually uh uh I mean with one hand free, that's basically the game that I got to play. It is it's almost sounds like an idle game. You know how some idle, like. Oh, there's idol. a lot of pause involved. Yeah. But there is a lot of moving shit around. There's a good amount of strategy. So when you place town tiles, they can set the tiles next to other tiles and then we'll change what those tiles will do in some ways. Uh, and I've, I've got
1: 13 and a half hours into it.
0: So you have played it more than me. Oh, wow. I mean, I've only, I mean, I only picked it up to, you know, this week after I got a cat in the house. Um, But, yeah, it was – if you place down the tiles, it gives you a good amount of strategy. So it's kind of like a card battler in the fact that you get random draws. You can kind of set up what cards you're going to get. Well, and the cards
1: kind of combo together. Like if you get the ancient whatever. The
0: ancient – I mean –
1: There's that one tile that everything upgrades twice every time you set something next to it. Oh, um,
0: uh, upgrades twice.
1: Yeah. So like, well, upgrades once. So like, but it gives you one extra material. So like you drop grass next to it. Oh,
0: you mean, uh, that's the treasury. Yeah. 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 I, I know that. Okay. So you get the, you know, get the treasury, you surround the treasury. It can't be set next to any other tile initially, but you set tiles next to the treasury. And as soon as you ring the treasury with tiles, It will then empty the treasury, give you a bunch of resources, give you a couple items for your character, maybe a couple cards. And then as soon as that's done, it'll start spawning gargoyles. Uh, What I usually
1: do is I delete the treasury after it, after I'm done with it, and then drop a tile in the middle. So I usually build mountains around it.
0: Oh, well, if you leave the treasury, the gargoyles will actually spawn uh, and – there's uh the gargles are actually kind of beneficial uh, in later stages of the game. So as you go on, each one of the enemies get uh, gets an ability or a trait of some sort. Uh, and later on in the game, the I mean the, early game, gargles are just basically hit point sponges. Uh, nothing super special. Later on, it will have uh, a uh, an ability called stony gaze. And what that will do is it'll reduce the attack speed for any creature on that tile, uh, including your own if you're playing a Necromancer, by the way. Uh, but that will mean that you could actually have a Gargoyle drop into, uh, you know, into a group of very fast attacking, you know, uh, enemies like goblins, and it will actually reduce the damage of the goblins because it doesn't it makes them not attack as fast you're pretty almost spot on you're at 19 and a half hours yeah i mean i i'm I'm pretty good at estimating these things um but yeah it's it is a really fun game uh it's very addictive uh for as idle of a thing is it's kind of a thing it's more
1: active than idle if you just let it go you're gonna run out of Inventory yeah. space. You're not going to have good cards set down. It seems like an idler, but it's not. It's,
0: it's more the, of a the, strategy game. The battles are idle. Right. It's more of a strategy game. You choose the upgrades for your character. You choose how you know how each one of the maps works. There's, you know, it, it takes the focus away from actually playing the hero to actually building like a dungeon for the hero, uh, which is uh which is kind of fun. Uh it's a it's a different take on, you know, on that type of game. And considering it comes from the guys over at Devolver and, you know, in the studios working with Devolver, uh doesn't make, you know, doesn't surprise me one bit. They push the envelope on on making different types of games like yeah you know, something that's something that is uh you know, equally, uh, you know, accessible to a player, but you know, takes a gaming trope and flips it on its head. Yeah,
1: it's definitely something special. Yeah, if it's easily, it's a unique game in on, and on its I own. I
0: really dug the chip tunes that they did for it too. Like it, I'm I'm sitting there listening to the fucking music for it, and I'm like, when the boss spawns, it, you know, the music changes, and I'm like, yeah, dude, this is fucking good. I I don't know I'm I I'm one of the, I'm a Super Nintendo kid right so like you know this sounds very Super Nintendo to me uh we're even even if the uh, the graphics kind of look almost NES style you know it's it's about that
1: it's like NES Plus
0: yeah a little NES Plus yeah it's um
1: or early Super Nintendo like
0: uh, early sprite work is what it was I mean it's very simple. Like the the your your hero is basically like eight pixels tall.
1: <laughs> yeah, until he gets into a
0: fight, right. there's a little bit more detail. Yeah, um, it it reminded me of a lot of uh, the older style uh, RPGs that you could get for the Nintendo and Super Nintendo, more Nintendo style than anything else. But yeah, it, Loop Hero is definitely worth picking up. I think it was like what twenty bucks um yeah i was
1: i don't want to belabor on it too long but i was reading some articles pc gamer puts out some cool articles from time to time yeah there was one where they're talking about the price of independent games and there's currently a push to make them cheaper and cheaper and this actually came from me reading a story on brigador which i do highly recommend um uh, Brigador's uh a sprite based game with a lot of crazy uh it's really fast-paced mech game where you play these really short levels, and it was made by a two-brother team. But they were saying that essentially they lived on minimum wage um, for five years making this game. Right. And then initially they almost didn't break even on minimum wage. And then there was some thing that what happened is he talked about the money because people were saying, oh, I don't think it's worth 15 bucks. And he's, like, broke down all that in a Steam forum post on what that cost and what that was for a two-person self-published studio where they're getting a majority of the money and what it broke down to in Steam dollars to pay. He's, like, so you don't think I'm worth a hamburger? Like, you don't think this is worth – like, I'm really paraphrasing here, but he essentially put it in, like, food terms. Right. He's, like, this is less than it costs you to fill up your car. This is less than – uh, a signed Nickelback poster. Like, right. You don't think that my five years worth of work was worth the $15 that I mean. And so he said that and it got a lot of notoriety when he did that, it started to kind of wake people up for what value value was to gaming. Right. Right. And then it kind of ex- not exploded. is isn't the right word, but became successful to where he sold like 50,000 copies. Right. Right. Uh, it's a very into title, but if you're curious, like Brigador's pretty it's cool. Really good. Um, And basically, like, if you charge anything less than that, the majority of games almost don't make any money. And there's kind of like a a price war because there's about 8,000 titles listed on Steam every year. Right. And that price point for a lot of these indie games is $10. But if the artist doesn't actually sell a lot, that almost that doesn't even pay like the bills. Like right. these are people He's... doing Uber and game development at the same time.
0: Right. I mean so they're working their day jobs and coming home and making a game at you know in their off hours. So this is something to
1: consider. I it really, you know, and I've got the free capital to spend twenty dollars from time to time. Yeah. Twenty dollars seems Perfectly okay, but like, there's only been a few breakout hits, right? Like Valheim, obviously a breakout hit.
0: Right. That's kind okay. Of, that's kind of like the, but Valheim like, is definitely an outlier in that sense. Yeah, it's
1: the 0.1 percent that does this right. crazy,
0: right? Sturdy Valley. It's another game I've actually been playing. Fuck yeah, dude! Stardew Valley is pretty, you know, pretty awesome game. Another twenty dollar game.
1: Yeah, uh, the guy was living off. So he was writing. Was he writing? I can't remember exactly, but it was something to the effect of less than minimum wage. He spent about five years making this game on his own. Uh, the name of he goes by Concerned Ape is the name of the uh, developer of Stardew. But yeah, his uh, girlfriend or wife at the time was a grad student living off disbursement, and he had like a part time job while he was making this game. And it didn't blow up initially, and then when it did, you know, obviously he's doing fairly well because it sold a few million copies right. at this point. Yeah, right. But at the time that he was making Stardew Valley, there was, like, no money coming in, right? And he makes this kind of simple farming game with a lot of in, a lot of complex mechanics attached to it and, you know, kind of makes it big. But, like, Heat Signature is another one, right, that I want to talk about because, like, I guess the guy that made Heat Signature and Gunpoint uh, was a guy that worked for PC Gamer originally as a writer. So Gunpoint, like I think, initially sold like 10,000 copies. It's a pretty good game, but it was at a $10 price point. Right. Yeah. And the time that was spent on that was somewhere around three years. So yeah, Steam easy. takes 30% of right. that take, hundred $100,000, right? So that seems like a lot of money, but you break that down into real dollars. He made like $30,000 a year. Or less. I mean More after less. you know, after, after all of the you know, assets and everything right. else that he had to purchase, right? So basically minimum wage is what he made on gunpoint, and then he put some of that money back into the next game, right? And what what does that really mean? I just want to break that down to you. That means he saved that money back for income to give him time to make another game, which was less than minimum wage. Right. And heat signature did decently better. I wanna say heat signature sold over a hundred thousand copies. Yeah. So made a pretty decent return on investment there. Um, Another fairly simple game that's got some cool mechanics to it. But just kind of keep that into account. Like, just don't be a troll on the internet talking about these games are only worth five bucks or whatever. Like, if it does appeal to you, right? Like, don't buy a game that doesn't appeal to you. But if a game does appeal to you, like, I'm kind of a, I will pay the 20 bucks for Indie Cattle.
0: dude. I I spend less. I don't want to
1: spend eighty dollars on a major title. I'll be honest with you, but like because of all right. the promotion and everything else, you know they don't they don't do good until they sold several million. But some of these games really do sell several million. Right? Triple A games. That's just the triple A games industry. Yeah. You, yeah Even they, the fucking Avengers sold more than a million copies. Yeah, and, and they considered
0: and they considered it a failure. Uh, they're still you know they're still developing for it, but they still considered it a financial failure. Uh, even at you know a million plus copies, you know the thing is, is with uh you know the way I saw see indie games a they're fresh takes on you know on the video gaming industry. You mostly see something that's not not been done before or done in a different way in the indie space. I mean, uh,
1: you've got some weird ones, right? Like I'm not,
0: yeah, they're not, not they're not, not all great, but yeah.
1: Oh, there's the majority of them are. But the ones that you find that are something special, like I'll give you some examples. Uh, Urtok the Desolation is a great turn-based battler that I've been playing for a while off and on. And, and most of the way, th- I might, no, I'm not going to beat this campaign, but like halfway through a campaign on it where I it looks promising that I could maybe make it on my second fresh run. Um, but, yeah, that's a turn-based battler I've talked about a lot on this show. Um that I think people should play. And then uh, the other game that I play, the the star child of today is Mr. Prepper.
0: Mr. Prepper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many people in the studio, but it's pretty small. I think they're Polish or Ukrainian. Okay. They, they sound Eastern European. Okay. Um, they do all their own live streams. Um, all right. But I played the demo for this, the prologue, as they called it, back in last summer. And it finally came out this week. Or last week at about seventeen ninety nine, and I did not mind throwing down. I like I've been an eagerly anticipating this game. Mister Prepper is like a lot of other. It's the best thing since Fallout Shelter, but without all the pay structure of Fallout Shelter.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Because that was kind of bullshit. Thanks Bethesda.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> Mister Prepper, you're a dude in Americaville, and. Uh... <laughs> It's Murkville. I don't know if this is recent or not, but it's been after a pandemic, and the government has clamped down on everything. This is oh. not a. This is not an American developer either. Oh wow, that's that's it's, on the nose. <laughs> yeah. So you're stuck in your house, and you don't have a job, and wow,
0: it just keeps getting deeper.
1: <laughs> yeah, and what you're doing is it kind of starts you off with building a bunker under your house. And so you start with digging a hole, essentially. And the way you do it is you click on a little house button, and then it lets you, like, set up rooms. Then it takes a certain amount of time in the day for you to dig the hole out, right? There's no active digging involved. But so you dig your hole, right? And then it gives you some basic quest of, like, hey, you need to get a food source, right? So at first, you run off into the woods and gather berries, and then you make, you know, you eat them raw or you make, like, a jam out of it, right? And then you get, yeah, like, you. wood that's on the ground, and then you take that back, and you start using it to craft different things for the basement, right? Like, you got to get your workbench situated. Um, so there and then,
0: basically isn't any fucking, like, grocery stores or Home Depots open, essentially.
1: Well, there is. There's traders. And so there is a supermarket that sells everything at inflated prices. Uh, and did. then you've got the local economy, which you're trying to support here. So... The herbalist sells seeds for you, to, So it's nothing like a witch's brew or anything crazy like that. Like, the herbalist sells, like, cabbage and carrots and uh, radishes and stuff like that. Okay. But she also buys produce back from you. So you can sell your excess produce to her and make some money. You can also build furniture and sell it to, like, a boutique shop that sells furniture. So I can make tables and chairs um, and wardrobes. and Like, I can make different... Things out of wood to sell to this uh, other place to make money, and I can use that money to buy other things to disassemble to make other things. So, I've been buying phones and radios to disassemble for electronics, and then different boxes and shit to get plastics and metals. What? And so, I'm... I'm, like, I'm building this economy to buy and sell shit to continue to upgrade my underground base. So now I've got like these grow lights. For this underground plot that I've got going on where I'm s- growing sunflowers, um, underground, wow! Uh, sunflowers, mushrooms, um, carrots, cabbages, and radishes. And then I'm now at, at a point where I'm setting up traps in the woods to sell the skins and also get harvest the meat to turn into jerky or to turn into like venison backstrap steaks or whatever, right? Um, so, like, there's this whole thing where you're kind of building an economy to continue to upgrade, and eventually I'm going to escape. Because uh, the agent of Merrickville came and uh, basically told me I don't have a job and don't have any kind of um, I income or a car Ooh, or whatever. Wow. So, like, the story is he tried to escape. His car got taken away. He got fired. And, like, now he's got to
0: figure out how to survive. Escape
1: it, to where? Just out. Just
0: out, out of town. Just, just out of town. We're gonna we're so, we're gonna go to Britishville now. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's pretty video gamey, right? Like I'm in the mines. I found an abandoned mine that has a survivalist that lives at the bottom of the mine that sells me random shit. Like he sold me a, a book on like how to survive a nuclear holocaust. And a... <laughs> thanks, I could have used that years ago. I sell. Th- <laughs> Other random stuff back to him, so as I find gems and gold and whatever in the mine, I send it, sell it back to the miner who who knows what he does with it, but it's continuing to unlock different areas of the map for me to explore to gather resources to continue to build this up but like you you're the an agent comes and visits your house once a week and he checks for things that are suspicious, and as the game progresses, the things that are suspicious get harder, so initially it's just I have to have so many. Because you can disassemble every single thing in your house. Like I could disassemble all the light fixtures, all the plates and cups. Um, I could disassemble the stove and the fridge and everything in my house and have nothing. If I do that, that looks super suspicious. But you need to do that initially to get some of the materials to get like – I've got to melt down the glass in my cups to make lights for underground so that I have a light source underground. So So now he's monitoring my power usage. So I offset that by having a generator downstairs um, in my bunker. So I've got a steam generator downstairs and I'm working on a gas generator right
0: now. So so I, I'm trying to understand why, why is this agent like – what's this fucking deal? Like oh, literally – like, why does he have to like watch you? And shit? I, I'm just trying well, to like the da- suspicion this level out. that he
1: that he gets depends on how often he searches your house.
0: So he searches like the living portion, like the above ground portion of the house. And if he kind of like thinks that you might be a prepper, he like what slaps you with a fucking dildo or some shit. I don't. What do I you don't do? know. <laughs> I think the end game. I think the game ends if you get too suspicious. So
1: like, there's things you can do to hide items. So like the the ladder that goes down, right, if I put a rug over it for whatever reason, he doesn't notice it. But um, like I said, I had a whole bunch of buckets in the backyard to collect rainwater so that I could get... So you have a water allowance from the government. You can only use so much water every single day. So right now he's monitoring my water usage and my electrical usage on top of suspicious items in the house. So contraband could be things like Different books on understanding how to build different things, right? I've got a whole bunch of books that tell me different crafting recipes, and I found one of those that raised my suspicion level. Um, As it started to get harder because I was watering a lot of plants downstairs, um, I got a report that said that my water usage was very suspicious. So I built a whole bunch of rain buckets. Uh, But it will tell you the time, the exact time of the day that he's going to come by next and what day he's going to come by next. Oh, well, he's at least polite. So – it's kind of a mad dash on the day that he's coming there to put up a bunch of stuff so like take all the rain buckets downstairs make sure that my master plan board is flipped over make sure that the <laughs> make sure that the uh, downstairs is uh covered what? And um, make sure that I'm not holding a club or a hammer or a uh, pickaxe or something like that or have a mining hat on. Or... I
0: mean, you don't want to open the door with a fucking, like, pickaxe in your hand in any situation. Well, there was
1: one situation where I opened the door and I had a grenade in my hand, and that raised my suspicion level of, like quite high.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. Because I was using the grenade to clear bats out of the mine is what I was doing. As you do... A... Apparently, that's the way to go. Fucking grenade bats, man. Yeah.
1: So, but uh, pacing works pretty well. You can kind of play it at your own pace. It has another weird mechanic called preparedness. That's based on your sleep level, how much you've been eating, and what you've actually been doing. So, if you don't craft anything through the day, you don't water your plants, you don't grow anything, right? You don't harvest anything. And you basically just sleep and eat. Your preparedness goes down because you're not doing anything productive. So how productive you are during the day right like i was if i was out setting traps all day or going to the mine all day and smelting i've got a smelter now i've got a furnace in the basement where i smelt because
0: everybody has like an underground fucking like smelting operation going on it uh it it
1: changes based on that i just it's kind of a stupid game but it's got a it's like it's kind of it's a a management game it's poking fun at everything that has to do with american preppers it, uh, it totally is and it's <laughs> super f- i i think it's super fun um i don't know where to i'd probably give it a 4 so far i've i've sunk some insane amount of hours for me where i was the last couple of days i've basically played almost nothing else but that
0: yeah it i saw you playing it it was you know i i actually looked it up and and thought maybe uh, that would be something. Try the prologue. The prologue's free. Um, I, and I might try the prologue. You know, it's just it seemed a lot like uh, you know Fallout Shelter to me. And yeah, there's it's zero d- pay to win anything. It's in. different in a lot of different ways because you are actually controlling a character instead of just like you know letting your dudes do it's the a, thing. It's a grindy as fuck
1: game with a pretty goofy sense of humor. I like grindy games. It's just uh, it's. You set up a set up you basically kind of set your own task right like it gives you things that you need to do, but you can kind of set up your plan for what you want to accomplish yeah um right like I'm trying to figure out the energy drink recipe, so if I can get the energy drink
0: recipe, then I can go a little bit longer, huh I mean, I would love to have an energy drink recipe like give it to me it's I think it's something coffee <laughs> yeah I think it's guana and something else guana what. Uh yeah, 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 bat
1: poop and something else. Bat I poop, remember. yeah.
0: Nah, it, yeah, yeah. So he's making his own fucking Red Bull in his basement. Of course, because he's got a smelter. Why not? He makes the fucking cans for Well, him. I mean,
1: all the vegetables are gross. So I found out that the vegetables in my fridge were not tradable vegetables. And so it was giving me a suspicion level. So I built another fridge. And I've got a fridge. It's in the fourth just, basement. That's what I call it. just build a fridge.
0: Just yeah. like, you know, hey, Fuck, I, I need another good fridge. Well, Let's I bu- go for it.
1: Well, some of the money I got gave me access to a trader that had books, and I bought another book that showed me different things that I could build, essentially.
0: Oh, okay. Cool.
1: So, crafting recipes. Um, yeah, it's- What are books? Yeah. <laughs> your, your character obviously can build everything.
0: Well, I, I mean, we're, we're in a, we're starting to become a society here in real life that don't know what books are.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I think it's – the other thing I think that's kind of cool is the stacking mechanic. I know that sounds stupid, but like every every item is interactable, right? Mm-hmm. So I can take my whole inventory of cans and I could stack them in a way on a shelf if I wanted to or just pile them on top of each other. Um, So can, you can so stack it's s- like suspicious in
0: cans in the back, right?
1: Yeah, so like if you use the cans like you, you – re- you're a master recycler is basically what it is, so you can disassemble. You could set a, buy a whole bunch of cans or find a bunch of cans or whatever, and then instead of having to put them in boxes, because you can you know everything's stored like not Resident Evil style, but like you know the, each container can hold so many items. What I started doing is all the stuff I was going to break down is I would just stack it in a corner so I didn't have to waste inventory space with it. Uh, and then you just like control click to individually pick up each one of these items real quick. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But like, I had a really good looking st- like for the little bit of OCD I had. I was like, that's a really neat stack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that
1: is. But it looked like a prepper's the- basement. Like I just had like, fucking like cans and it's a really neat shelves stack. and wood and all this stuff like stacked in these neat piles altogether and as you remove stuff even from the middle, like it like auto drops down based on
0: what it's sitting on and I'm I'm really digging the stack, man. It's like the stack is pretty fucking sexy. Like I spent a lot of time on the stack. <laughs> but
1: I wanna it, say I probably put
0: hit. ten hours and two days on it. It 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 definitely hits the feng shui. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, but I I do like games where I can build bases. Yeah. And because it lets you kind of customize these rooms however you want and set things up in it, right, even change the color of each light. So, like, I was thinking about doing different themes to give me a quick, at a glance, what room is used for what, right? Like, maybe red is where I keep all the weapons and stuff like that and gear and maybe – so, the grow lights are pink for some reason. So, like, maybe the pink room is where I put all the plants, um in the smelting room maybe that's like green or something like that but you can change all the colors of all the lights to a certain scheme
0: oh okay so you can color code your sex dungeon got it uh <laughs> but yeah like mr prepper's not bad uh,
1: i i I kind of knew what to expect, but now that I've gotten... The, the prologue doesn't let you get into the mines and a bunch of other stuff. It just shows you the basics. Yeah,
0: and that's pretty much all I'd want to see is you know, basically you about how an, the gameplay plays.
1: It gives you about an hour and a half worth of gameplay basically to give you an idea of what's going on. Hey,
0: I mean... What? Oh, demos. I don't normally but, download I've, a bunch of demos, but it's basically a demo. Uh, you know, there's
1: so- There's been a lot of stuff that I've kind of gained interest in based on demos lately. I've been down... Steam's been doing a good job the last year mm-hmm. with giving you demos for stuff for the developers or can i get on board of like give people demos thing try a new idea out see if they like it or not right right and that's led me to discover a lot of cool shit yeah. but um speaking of cool shit i'm just going to quickly breeze over two more and then we can move to our break um three more i'll make it quick I've on got, the other two i've got one yeah we've got
0: one that we ought to talk about together what
1: gunfire reborn gunfire
0: reborn yes well, I mean we talked a little bit about Gunfire reborn last week I think. But uh but man Gunfire reborn is actually uh, you I think know, I won you over a little bit, didn't I? It did. Um it's it, it is definitely uh, another uh another co-op game that I could, you know, I could dig. Uh another roguelike, um but this one's multiplayer and there's actually not very many multiplayer it's,
1: roguelikes. It, and it's early access done really well. Like, yeah. it, there's not... The, the UI could use some polish, mm. but the gameplay is all there. And with it being a roguelike, like, we're not going to make it to the end level yet. No, no, uh, no. By the time we can make it to the end level, the game will be done if we ever For get sure. there. Right. So, like, it's in a good place right now.
0: Yeah. The Gunfire Reborns, actually, it's, it is a roguelike first-person shooter with... Uh, Borderland style, like loot drops, not necessarily different kinds of guns, but different stats on, you know, a well, set amount like, of guns.
1: I want to say there's 50 unlockable weapons,
0: and then there's you know, then there's passive traits and active skills, and uh, what three or four different, four four different uh, different hero classes that you could play with different abilities. Um, you know, uh, strengths and weaknesses, you can kind of like you know, get things going with it, uh, so that you can get decent runs going. If one of the enemy, you know, one of the guys go down, uh, one of your teammates goes down, you could always buy them back in. Um, and it's it, it's kind of like it's dumb fun for like a f- first person shooter. It's um, and the, the runs can be long, but like it's. About 20-ish, 20, 30 minutes.
1: Oh, me and TJ did a run that took an hour and a half.
0: Well, I mean, it depends on how long you sit there. It depends
1: and... the level of who you're with, right? And right. what your... You know, how your run goes. But, like, we've had a couple of hour and a half runs. Yeah. It's... I just want to say, at the level me and him are at, if you're... When you get there, our, our runs will go a little bit longer. Than That's the one minutes.
0: thing is... The, the one thing I don't like about these games is uh if there's... You know, somebody that comes in later than your buddies, there's a lot of catch up involved.
1: Well, he's ten levels ahead of me.
0: Yeah. Well, he also like plays it when we're off playing other things. Uh, So yeah, I mean that's it's just the catch up on these uh, on some of these games really sucks. You know, especially for me. But I I mean I. I don't mind actually playing with, you know, with people who have better, you know, better skills and better guns and shit. Yeah, we
1: dragged you all the way to the second level boss. Yeah,
0: because, yeah, I would never have seen that shit, you know. So there's that. Let's just, you know what? He's giving me the hand signal for break and I'm trying to figure out what the fuck he's doing. So before he actually like slaps me upside the head, we're going to take a break. We'll be back.
1: back yeah. Ooh, yeah all right so i really needed to hydrate i'm yeah, so, <laughs> were... really pushing myself past my
0: bedtime and i've been getting a lot of caffeine so i'm like super dry mouth right now and he was he was he was desperate he was like i'm gonna break this pen <laughs> so yeah we had a break uh it about i uh, talked about some things and stuff uh and uh yeah um i wanted to before we
1: moved into news, I wanted to kind of just quickly go over a couple of games we were on the cusp of talking about. Yeah. So just for the future, um, we may play some Arc together. Uh, we were spent about twenty minutes talking about Arc on our break. Yeah. Um, but uh, more so than that, um, I wanted to recap back on a game that I was given some shit that earlier this last year. That doesn't sound right.
0: <laughs> I. Phoenix Point was released in a really weird state. Mm-hmm. Um, you gave it some real harsh shit well, on I've, the uh, Game of the Year
1: I did. I, get, I put six days into it, and I felt like it wasn't a quality six days worth of gameplay. It was a lot of try, 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 try to like this because I really liked a lot of things, ideas about it, but it just didn't quite come together. And then I realized, so I put that game down. By the time we recorded Game of the Year, I would put that game down for about three or four months. Um, and then I don't know what came over me, but I was just like, "All right, they got a new DLC coming out. Before I buy this DLC, I've got to play this one more time before it is just deleted off the hard drive and I forget about it, right?" And one last chance, man. Like it, they've done a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> they've yeah. done, yeah, yeah, like. It's gotten in shape. It got a boob job.
0: Like it. It's just, it, it, I mean. Like. <laughs> it's, it has an attitude change. It yeah. looks like. It looks like it's. It's uh, ready
1: for commitment now.
0: Yeah. It, it ready? Yeah. It's It's Man, ready to I, go. Yeah. It's, it's in
1: a totally different place, right? Like it was just. It was <laughs> a really abusive girlfriend before. <laughs> and now it's come back. Right. Like I just put up with it. And now I didn't want to put up with it. So. Now there's some differences. <laughs> Key differences now between now and then is I've got double the graphics card that I used to have. I went from a ten seventy to a thirty eighty. Yeah, that's so pretty that's, that's pretty an much double yeah. difference on overhaul of how shiny it looks um, because I can play it in four K sixty basically. And then I also have an NVMe that I didn't have when I was playing it last. So that the load times and fidelity are definitely different, but. There's some huge key changes. Um, mm-hmm. The biggest thing I noticed, I went through, like, through the tutorial, and it, it was kind of telling a story before, right? You know, the Pandorans take over the world, and there's a virus going on, and yada, yada, yada. But never real cle- clear central characters to the game aside from the storyboarding. And the storyboarding was talking about the Phoenix Point um, initiative from, like, the 40s or whatever. But it never really gave you names to... Well, it did give you names to the people, but never names to people that you were in control of. And so it sets you up with a base team of people that you can't alter their appearance. You can only alter their their armor. And then it storyboards out the intro. And why does that matter? Well, they actually do several, three additional missions, I believe, from the original to Mm -hmm. really kind of flesh stuff out. They give you additional UI options that they didn't have before. So the UI was kind of shit before. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> um, now I can see my will points on screen. Now I can see all of my – you could always see the squares that were that your action points. Um, but just even little things like the Amy reticle is a lot cleaner right now. The UI doesn't look – it's still boxy, but they've just done a lot to it to make it look a lot more visually appealing. And then they don't move as jerky. There's also movement speed options to speed up your character's overall animations, okay. which speed up your turns, which make it – and and seems like all the missions I've been doing have been a lot shorter. That could be the animation speed up, but yeah. – And I'm they getting... did that
0: with XCOM, too. So it's like you could actually make and th- make your characters run a little faster on screen and make the turns go by faster. Because that's one of the yeah. the shit that bogs down uh, turn-based games like that.
1: And it's got the cinematic camera thing like XCOM does, and it does a good job with that. But like some other things, just like getting in a vehicle didn't take like several clicks to get into the vehicle. It's now just to get to it, and then it asks you, do you want to load into the vehicle? And you're like, yes, I want to get all my soldiers in this vehicle so we can get out of this map. So that off the bat is cleaner. The UI... Looks a lot cleaner with everything. is a lot more easier to understand at a glance what you need to do. And it, I fell back into its throes uh, again. So, so today, today, and a little bit of yesterday, you know, because I've got to keep the palate cleansed. Right, I right. go from salty to sweet to savory, back to sweet, back to salty, and that's just how I work. Always got to have a rotation going on.
0: It's always some form of turn-based, though. <laughs> oh, no. I'm playing a game that's not turn-based. Okay. Right? Like a... I mean, I'm, you play a lot more turn-based than I do. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've put about... In the last two days, I've put three hours in a Phoenix Point. Yeah. Oh, so, but...
0: Not bad for you, I guess. No.
1: And that's... Those were really good hours. the The thing that I've been doing all week... Off and on is uh, they released the – I told you guys last week I wouldn't be done with this or even even reached it. But I played Outer Worlds because of the DLC. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, that game just looks good on PC. Um, I'm just going to preface this. Here's – you're right. You know I know me and Rusty spent a lot of time getting like upgraded graphics card. The big difference, the bigger difference that everybody's going to notice, get yourself a motherfucking NVMe.
0: Right. Yeah. A a,
1: 500 gigs is like less than 50 bucks, right?
0: And you can get the PCI riser card even at a base level of- for like $8. Yeah. for uh, Even at a base level of computer understanding, uh, there are YouTube videos out there that show you can how you, to install these things. Can you plug in RAM? It's pretty much open up the side of your case, find a slot that this thing fits into, slide it in. And go to town. It's got like one screw on it to hook, you know, to hold the. And almost every
1: single one of these comes with the screwdriver to put it in. It comes with a cheap ass screwdriver, so you can screw this thing in.
0: Right. It's. I mean, it it does not take a whole lot of effort if you are not. Have you ever inserted a hard
1: drive and you know that you have to discover a drive? Like it's that plus plugging something in.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this and you. And you go and do this, and you have a problem, you know, fucking tweet us. I'm sure that we can yeah, find something. Yeah, tweet at Tiltcast.
1: Yeah. And one of us will reply because honestly, the difference it makes on your load speeds with anything is at that new console level that oh, yeah. everybody's talking about with uh, PS4 and Xbox One, whatever. The uh,
0: Xbox series,
1: X. series Series is it, X, yeah. We're
0: just gonna go out, we'll call it series because it could be an XYZ for fuck all we know.
1: But yeah, the level they're talking about is the same level you get with an NVMe drive. Yeah. And don't they're the same price as standard SSDs. Like there's no reason to get a standard
0: SSD anymore. Yeah, there's I mean
1: it's uh, well, okay, there's corner cases where you don't have enough lanes on your board or you're out of uh if you have a
0: really really Ancient old board. board and you're um, out of
1: like ports for you to plug in additional drives or something
0: i am going to wager that most of the people who have modern pcs and by modern i say pcs that have been built in the last 8 to 10 years probably have at least two spare pci lanes uh you know and if not they've got the the slot to you know to be able to slide these things in and even if it is running you know at p c i two x uh it's still gonna be faster than you know normal s s d so uh you're you know you are going to experience a much much better experience with load times on games downloading well, stuff
1: and chances are you're already you're running your
0: you're running your SSD on what is this a SATA three? um uh, yeah, I mean it's mostly uh, mostly SATA, and it's there's a there's a, it's such a massive difference, dude. <laughs> it's such what a like Matt? Ma- okay, I like don't if- know off the top of my head what the max
1: speed on a really expensive regular SSD is, but your cheap your super cheap ass NVMe is pushing a bit a second. Yeah, it's- on read write. And when you talk about a spinny drive, just to put this in comparison, your max speed on a spinny drive, for the most part, was what, seventy-two. Uh, Seven point two megabytes a second.
0: Oh, that's seventy two hundred. You know, no, it's
1: it's or seventy two hundred bits a second or whatever. It's
0: yeah, you know, getting into the numbers. Uh, uh, no, no, that's this, the no, no, that's
1: a spin speed. A seventy two hundred rpm. Yeah, seventy
0: two hundred rpm is like the faster. Okay, style. but yeah, but that's like what maybe ten megabytes a second or something like that. Mm, something like that. It's not fast, and there's a reason why. You know, yeah, it's, it's got
1: mechanical parts,
0: and if it gets exposed to dust, it dies. Well, I mean the far the fact that it's mechanical is a big thing, but yeah, it's it's it, a it's it, a spinning plate. <laughs> yeah, it's spinning metal. You know, if you've got metal spinning, you know, then it's it's going to wear. Uh, everything's going to wear, even electronics, even SSDs are going to wear, and uh, VME is no different. Uh, it's yeah, just, but
1: your expected lifespan is somewhere around ten to
0: fifteen years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's in the
1: we used to think in terms of hard drives, and this is why I had that old hard drive in there for so long. Is that you're going to keep it for a billion years, right? Right. And what ends up happening is you end up upgrading components for faster read write times, mm-hmm. and transferring that data again before you run it. That piece runs itself out, right? So because most... the tech the the read write is too slow, and that didn't used to matter that much when you're writing MP3s to this, right, right. or pictures. But when you're running games off of it, it is a noticeable difference. Oh, yeah. Your load times are faster. Your texture loads are faster, right? Yeah. yeah. It makes the high-end graphics run smoother because things load faster off that memory. Oh, yeah. Onto your RAM, onto onto your eyeballs. You know? So just NVMe is is like your biggest single upgrade. In, In my head, your biggest single cheap upgrade that you can get that makes the biggest difference. Oh, yeah. For sure. It it goes that
0: then RAM, in my head.
1: Yeah, it uh, unless yeah. you're running on like four gigs or eight gigs or something.
0: Yeah, I mean you get yourself in it. Uh, Sixteen in gigs
1: game. is what you need for everything. Yeah,
0: it's super. And easy And when to you're get stupid
1: like me and Rusty, you go thirty-two bit gigs for no reason.
0: Uh, I have a reason.
1: <laughs> yeah, brute force.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I do I do other things with my PC other than games. So, but
1: um, I digress. I just um, Phoenix Point. Is a hell of a lot different, and it's on Game Pass. So if you are curious about it right now, now's the time to jump into game into it.
0: Fucking Game
1: in Pass, a, like in another fun. month or so, you're gonna get the expansion for it. You got to buy the expansion separately, but they're like ten bucks if yeah. you want them. Yeah, um, but maybe I mean, fifteen bucks. But like it's a it's a campaign game, so you're gonna play it over and over and over again, and everything about the game is done in such a better way. And I am playing it on a harder setting this time. And letting some folks die because that just happens um but doing all right and I'm okay with it so far
0: yeah that's actually like almost a hundred and eighty degree difference man you you really if I could play the clip man if I could play yeah the I clip, know I you, ripped on it pretty hard you ripped it hardcore you i think you said fuck that game uh and you put it damn near close to the brown note of you know of the of That fucking, you know, that cast. That was pretty crazy, man. I was like taken aback by how much you hated on it. The mechanics
1: of it are different enough that it's, in terms of quality, it's somewhere between XCOM 1 and 2 right now.
0: It it really XCOM, does. Uh,
1: yeah, no, I hated on Chimera Squad as well. Oh, that I hated on. that's the one you did.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, I can. Oh, all right. This was more of a
1: disappointment. Where Chimera oh. Squad
0: was an extreme disappointment. Okay, all right, the, now now it's right in my big, head. The, that makes the sense. big
1: magic with XCOM was being able to make a squad with your friends, and that and, was
0: Chimera Squad's not that.
1: And for whatever reason, Jake Solomon's team can't tell a story to save their fucking life, uh, like a real story. That's the. Oh, Jake Solomon's an amazing, like, coming from Julian – I'm not going to go into this too deep. (laughs) Julian Gollop is the guy that made XCOM. Julian Gollop is the guy that makes Phoenix Point, right? Separated from the studio. Jake Solomon has Julian Gollop's blessing to continue the XCOM French guys because he's a good game developer, right? I mean, he's not the only person on the team, but he's the most central character to that team. Um, Jake Solomon's team doesn't tell a good story, though. And Chimera Squad works way too hard to tell a story um, and keep you locked into the same characters and work off character synergies and then does the same breach mechanic over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, And the missions are not – the maps and the missions are not nearly as varied as XCOM. Okay. Okay. Um, And you're kind of corner cased into using certain abilities and certain loadouts. Like you can't mix and match weapons and armor the same way that you can in XCOM or the same way you can in Phoenix Point. I literally can have a sniper and a heavy mixed together, multi-class. The characters come out with random traits, so you have to figure out what kind of class is going to work best. But, like, I've got a sniper that's going to get a burst fire mode for his sniper rifle because he's – no, no, wait, how does that work? Yeah, so you can empty out all the rounds in your magazine for the sniper rifle, right, with this one thing. But he's also specced into assault, which means that he's going to empty out all the rounds in his assault rifle on a larger enemy when it comes up to that. And then I've got the same multi-class with a heavy, which means he can wear the heavy backpack and fly all over the place with a sniper rifle, which is amazing for getting up to a high point. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to increase his strength, and then I'm going to give him a grenade launcher. So that he can use the sniper's ability to empty the full magazine, and I'm going to do that with a grenade launcher. So, like, that multi-class ability that you get in Phoenix Point is just is very deep. And then the ballistics thing that where it's not a percent to hit. Yeah,
0: you, you're actually kind of aiming down the sights.
1: Yeah, it's just the middle is 50%, the outer ring is 50%, and it's going to hit everything in that ring. So there may be chances where you shoot between guys' arms and torsos or between their legs or, like, past their neck.
0: Um, You could also shoot your buddy if your buddy's actually close by. If he's within the ring, yeah. Yeah.
1: But you know that it's always going to hit something. It's going to hit within that cone, right? So if the cone 100% covers the enemy, that's a 100% chance to hit. That's a big difference, and that's where a lot of people didn't like XCOM. It also lets you move granularly so you can move a hair out and waste half an action point to get the shot and then leave the other half of that Action point to move yourself back in. Ah, yeah. yeah, okay. That's now, that's where those are some things that are different from XCOM. XCOM is limited to two well, multiple actions depending on your character builds, right? But usually your base character is two actions. You can move and shoot. You can sit and shoot, right? But you can't move granularly like that, like you can in Phoenix Point. And Phoenix Point does have a leg
0: up there. Okay. Well, uh, from it's what just, I saw of Phoenix Point, it's just it XCOM looks... Two is more polished. I'm just gonna say that. Uh, It just, it looked good. I like the, you know, the, the ADS style, like you're actually aiming the gun at the enemy and you're, you know, you're just, it kind of adds a little bit of a skill shot setup for it. So you can target certain parts of the enemy, legs, arms, whatever.
1: Oh yeah. And then the enemy's mutation thing is not leveling up nearly as fast. Last time I did it last time it was like. I'm four missions in, and the enemy's already got a shield. Like, what the fuck, man?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you shot its arm once, so it learned from that apparently, and
1: I was blown off limbs. So now my enemy's got that enemy type has shields. Um, you had a game to talk about before we moved on to
0: news, right? That is correct. Uh, I talked about it a little bit last week. I, uh, I've been kind of on a kick of uh, of survival games since uh, since I my stop my playing Valheim. Uh, and there was a game that came out just not too long after Valheim did, uh, which was called Breathage. Uh, and, and a lot of a lot of times it's, you know, if you needed an easy descriptor, it's Subnautica in space. Um, yeah, but there's a lot more to it. There's than that. a lot more to it than that. Uh, the the game doesn't necessarily take everything very seriously. It's very fourth wall breaking in some places. Uh, the developers poke fun at both gaming and themselves, uh, and the game itself. the uh, The suit is kind of the narrator for everything, and is the really the only voice that you hear. Uh, there's a couple other voices, I guess, but that's the the main voice that you hear. And the suit is very snarky, but the jokes don't. He's talking s- about the character. Th- what the the suit, yeah, yeah. the The character, the the voice character, voice actor for, for it. I'm confused. You for confused me. Fuck my brains. Oh wait, does up. the suit talk to you? The suit talks to you, dude. Yeah, I the couldn't suit remember has because... an AI in it. In the oh, AI, Okay, okay. You know, now I know what you're talking about. And the uh so your space suit has an AI in it, and that AI is basically kind of goading you on to certain places to do certain things and telling you certain shit about, you know, the game world and what's going on with it. Um, So the suit actually becomes kind of its own character. Um, And as you play, I mean, it starts off really, really slow, like super duper slow. You can only be in, you know, in the spacewalk area for like, fucking 45 or 50 seconds or some shit. It's pretty low at first. It's really fucking low. Uh, but as you get going, um, the uh, you know it kind of opens up where you can you know can do the spacewalk thing a little bit more, get more stuff, craft more shit, uh, go a little farther out, continue doing this and you have to kind of go to these points of interest as the game kind of like directs you in that you know in that way. Uh, and, uh, there's a lot of different points of interest that you can go to in, in this space, but I gave it a little bit of shit last week because it seemed like that space just didn't move. Like everything was super stationary. Uh, whereas if, if you're taking the Subnautica reference, you can kind of go into the, uh, the The shallows of subnautica and there's fish moving around you, and different things happening, right <clears throat> you know there's a day and night cycle I mean with breath edge, you're in space, it doesn't move, nothing rotates, it's just very static, and that's one of the criticisms I had for it. It's like it could be a little more dynamic um but I powered through I've said you know what, no matter how much certain things about this game irks me, I'm gonna play it through to the end. Uh, So uh, I was only about maybe halfway through at the time. And I thought, mm, I thought I was closer to the end than I really was. Uh, So I sat down, you know, right after the podcast, and I said, I'm gonna beat this game tonight. And then when Justin woke up and about noon the next day, he's like, you're still playing that game? You haven't beat it yet? And I'm like, nope. Uh, but by that time, the game had actually taken quite a turn that I'm not a fan of. Um, I don't want to spoil it uh, because if you are going to play this game, it is an interesting turn, but it's not. This uh, it 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 changes how the game plays, um, and that is it's actually quite jarring how much of a change it goes from, like the first few acts of the game feels very survival based, the final few acts of the game is less so, and that is, you know, that is like almost kind of, it's almost like playing two separate games at that point. Like they wanted one thing and then they ended up with another thing at the end. Um, you put 24 and a half hours into it. I mean, it, it, I mean, yeah. And I wanted to probably put 15 hours into it. That's kind of where I was. Like at, at about the 15 hour mark, I was ready to be done. What would you,
1: I think most people have seen it, a lot of it. At least the initial part of it that we're talking about prior to this big change. Mm-hmm. What – on our rating system, where would you put it?
0: Oh, um, I, I – there's there's a couple things about the – you know, about it that is kind of redeeming. It does have that, you know, that creepiness factor of floating through space, um, though it kind of dissipates really quickly. I would have to get, would go like 2.5. It's not a three. It's not so it's really So not even great. enjoyable? Well, no, because so it based, tries to be funny and it, fails. It, so it gets a 50 on a Metacritic. It's that bad? It's pretty bad. Um, it's not like <laughs> – it's not – It's not, I mean, it's, it's a survival game, and I'm still craving survival games, and there are some really shit survival games out there, and this isn't necessarily yeah. as bad as some of those, but I can say that – the jokes didn't, you know, didn't land. I'm gonna ask Nothing you what moved.
1: I'm gonna ask you what it opened up later, because I don't want to finish it right now. Okay, it's not that it's bad; it's just that it felt. I play a lot of grindy games, and I like to enjoy the chores I'm doing it, and feel like I have a sense of progression. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just got, I found one of the bikes, right? Okay. Which yep. Basically, made it to where like I could go from where I was at all the way to the beginning on a single tank of air, which I then started bringing a bunch of stuff over, and I was like, "Wait, but I can get metal right here. Why would I transfer my base over here?" Right. And so I found like two things I needed. I needed like a you know a sandwich so that I could get better fart power or whatever it was for better movement.
0: Right. Sh-
1: and I brought sharma. that shawarma. Right. So I brought the shawarma back with me. But then I was just like, "Well, but I don't want to." There's some other things I want to play. I'm just going to back burner this. And and where it was running flat for me is it just – I was still – like, the bike made it so unnecessary for me to set up any kind of way station for anything so quickly that – and it wasn't – it's not like I was running out of fuel or anything like that. Like, there was literally no reason for me to upgrade the place I was at because I was like, this bike can take me 2,000 meters before I need air again, and I'm just going to bring an air station with me. And plant it over in that other area if I really need to go that far so I can get there and get back.
0: Or just bring some oxygen candles with you and or just use that.
1: And boost my way back basically, right? right? And so like there's a lot of things that became super unnecessary about the survival element at that point. hmm That it lost some of that fun factor challenge that I wanted it to have.
0: That's another thing like there was uh, – there's a... So like
1: that. it made such a big difference way too early – Because, like, even at that point, you could only go so far until I found the bike. Like, I'm making these, like, air pocket things Mm -hmm. going all the way over to this other place. And I found this place that I could refill my Atmo at the in-between point, essentially between both parts. Right. And that little area, I found a bike. And I
0: was like, well, this thing is... It's a game changer. And that's exactly what it is, is that it changed the game. That was... that You went from... Uh, from a survival situation of basically just floating through space on this, you know, uh, on your spacesuits, you know, maximum speed to having a vehicle that can go much, much faster oh, like than
1: that—eight times faster than my max speed, right? And like from like four meters a second to like thirty meters a second,
0: and. and The game has a setup for building these oxygen stations so that you can have kind of like a halfway point because there is, uh, there is very literally a point of no return. If you have 30 seconds worth of air and you're going out an airlock, uh, you know, you go out 15 seconds and then you have a 15 second return time, you know, and as you go along, is 60 seconds, it's, you got 30 seconds worth of going around doing shit and then 30 seconds back. You basically
1: back. look, when I'm at about 60% air. I'm head, always heading back.
0: Right. And that's, and once you have, you know, once you have the oxygen station, again, it gives you a spot where you can go drop the oxygen station, collect a lot more shit for your inventory, and then, you know, fill up your oxygen before you go back. And then you can kind of maintain that oxygen station. Uh, so that you can continue to use it, the um, that goes out the window as soon as you get a wind, uh, vehicle, and then it progresses even worse from there. Uh, one of the things that it you know that you can do in Breath Edge is actually build a base, but I have found other than the required stations that you need to progress, there is no reason to build anything other than a service uh, service module, and a transport module. Like, the residential module or whatever the fuck is just there to throw, like, fucking furniture items, and I found no no reason to do that.
1: Like, the whole reason you built bases in Sepnautica was, like, waypoints, right? Right. So, like, I needed to go down past the into the depths, you know, and I don't remember the bio names, right, but, like, the purple area, so... I go down there and I get something that can resist the pressure down there and build myself like a little pod. And then it, I'm spending a lot of time down there like, well, I'm going to decorate it a little bit. So I'll build a couple of things in there to make a cool little bedroom along with all the different research stuff that I want to put down in this little area because I know I'm going to spend about 10 hours here. I'll spend an hour dicking around and making a little cool little base. Yeah.
0: You bring a, and you any, bring some plants with you and plant it down there so you yeah. got food. And then I
1: might even go a little bit further and make like a huge-ass airlock for my submersible. Yeah. Right? And then I went further down and then I created another weird little habitat pod, so to speak, right? A place for me to get air, store a bunch of materials, and basically a docking station for my Cyclops, right? Mm-hmm. And so – Eventually, what would happen is I would go down there with the Cyclops and pick everything up and take it back up to my main base. But then my main base was too far, so I ended up making that midpoint base my main base because it was halfway between the surface and the depths. Right. You know. You and use... So, like, you know, I had a reason to make the base because it was a good place for me to not just the oxygen, because you do move around a lot with vehicles in that game, mm-hmm. but you don't move very far from your vehicle because it's really dangerous, so. Right. yeah, you know, so, you're kind of like, yeah. Even with the max a air tanks, crab. you still are fairly, you got to keep the headlights, of your submersible within sight. And there's a certain point that submersible doesn't go any further and you got to get into the fucking gym suit uh, in order to be safe in whatever you're doing. Yeah. But then, you know, you move your, your cyclops fairly close to the gym suit, <laughs> Right, and then you get the jump jets and the fucking grappling hook, and you Spider Man your way all over the underworld. Um, but
0: Subnautica is just such a good game. <laughs> it's it is such a good game, and that's and that's a thing. There was one joke that did actually catch me, and uh, you know, and uh, it, it happens a little bit later in the game uh, for Breath Edge that directly references Subnautica. And I'm going to let you find it if you actually, you know, continue playing that game. Well, if you're but giving it, it
1: a 50, nobody wants to play it.
0: Well, it does have if you can power through some of the meaningless shit that you have to do, like meaningless shit. It it really does make the you know make the game tedious in some points. Because you're like, oh, fuck. I mean, like, do I have to really? Um,
1: but I'm just talking about, like, what makes... What makes Simnautica cool is you're always discovering something new and there's a new puzzle to solve to be in that area. Yeah, and, and, and this,
0: this gives you different points to go to, but there's really not much that you can do to interact with those points. Like, you go to a wreck and... The wreck has a thing, and that thing is to scan, you know, scan that thing, pick up whatever's floating around, like a bottle of water and some fucking, like, nutrient paste that's floating around in fucking space.
1: Yeah, that's – you know, it's, it's crazy. I had so much water even where I'm at and food. Like, I – there's,
0: there's – There was no no issue with that. You was – you I there never – was
1: zero issue with it. I was never running
0: – Never ran out of food. Even,
1: I've got got like 10 times the food and water that I need and I don't even know what to do with it all. Right.
0: You know, I had a pile of it. I didn't even put it in boxes anymore. I had a pile of it in the corner of my service pod that I had to build because that was a thing that the game told you to do. Um, It just seemed like there was enough systems there that it could have been a good game. But at about two or three different points in that game, it just changed direction. Like they came up with a new idea and they're like, we're going to roll with it and we're going to somehow stitch these things together. And the the stitch work was really not that great. Um, yeah, I beat it. Um, will I play it again? Probably never again. Um
1: I may actually un- uninstall it at
0: this point. I'm just gonna ask you
1: after the show what the turning point was and then free up some space. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not I'm not Jonesed for it that much. Yeah. And I mean I don't want to waste my time with it.
0: I've just been looking for good survival games and uh, they're not they're they're not a common breed of game. Um so yeah, I'm I'm still on the search. And that's why we were talking about Arc because that was like i mean I, I i felt really good about Arc's progression, so um let's uh let's take a look at some of the uh the shit on the gaming news. I heard you said something about uh uh about well we were talking about uh uh game pass yeah uh, with game pass, point. game pass
1: just exploded with stuff. Um, again, like I don't even own the new Xbox, but Game Pass for PC's been a great thing for me. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and right now you've got almost the entire Bethesda catalog at this point.
0: Like Daggerfall's not on there right now. Oh, I don't know. give it some time. They'll re- they'll remake Daggerfall, please. But Oblivion's remake. on there and
1: Morrowind's on there. But please. you know, I mean, Daggerfall's can't... pretty old though. I mean, here's things to know. Um those games are not moddable because it's a rental, so I'm just gonna say that. But like the Fallout Four is gonna use the built in mod system. Um for you to use because they're all official licensed mods, right? Right. Um, um and then Skyrim is, I think is gonna use a similar system if you step, Skyrim's ten years old. It oh. came out 11, 11, 11. Oh my god. Um we did a show for that. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: wow, that's but like craziness.
1: the whole doom franchise is on there right now. And then EA play is now part of game pass as well, which gives you, we were talking about mass effect, never being on game pass, right? Mass effects now on game pass, which also means Jason potentially wasted money with that remake as that is probably gonna be on EA play.
0: I don't know. Um EA play doesn't necessarily always drop games right away. Uh you know so but, we'll see. But I mean there are some good you know some good games that if you have Game Pass and you've been kinda well, like the, waiting on stuff. The Dragon Age stuff's on there right now. I noticed that immediately Yeah Dragon Age is on there. Uh if you wanted to play uh, Star Wars: Fallen Order. Uh, that's on there. Star Wars: Squadrons is on there. Um, you know, there's a bunch of the other. FIFA, I was thinking. Of, you know, I was like, thinking
1: about Star Wars: Squadrons of maybe finally checking it out.
0: Right, just to give it a try. I mean, why like, not?
1: I'm at a point where I keep putting it off and keeps going on sale for twenty bucks. And I was like, do I want a space sim that's got probably like forty gigs on my computer right now? And I was like, nah, not yet. I've got. Plenty. It's it's on EA Play now. I know I can grab it at any point when I'm in the mood.
0: I mean, there's also, like, um, there's also Dead Space. The Dead Space games are on there, too. Um, you know, so there's quite a few more games actually added to Game Pass that makes it even better of a value. Like, there is going to be a point <laughs> in which Microsoft's like, all right, we've set the hook. Uh, let's go ahead and raise the fucking price now, <laughs> you know? Uh, but... Uh for right now, like I'm know, not
1: into the whole console war thing, mm-hmm. but
0: Sony needs to step up their game right now. I mean, the another thing that's coming to Game Pass that, you know, that is a new game that is coming out fairly soon, Outriders. Not, Outriders. It's not coming to Game Pass PC just yet. So if you have an Xbox Series or an you know, I think it plays you know, I don't know if it's on the you know, previous gen consoles or not. But at least if you are lucky enough to have an Xbox, you know, Series X console uh and have Game Pass, you'll be able to play Outriders on day one, you know, as you know, for the price of Game Pass, which potentially could save you a fuckload of money. It also will give me an opportunity to see other people play this game and see if it's something that I want to spend 60 bucks for on PC. Um, I'll probably Wait for it to come to PC Game Pass. I mean, it's probably going to come to PC Game Pass, uh, but it might not be right away. Uh, and that's probably, you know, it's good a square to, you know, thing. That, that good is, things come
1: to people who wait.
0: I know. I know. But this is also a fairly big game and, you know, it's fairly anticipated. It's one of the bigger games that's coming out this year. So, uh, so I've been to- kind of watching it.
1: Maybe I'll just play with like Nimp and Jason on Xbox or something.
0: Thanks. Um mine's a brick. You know it. Uh it does turn itself on by now uh, now, which is really odd. I don't know why I haven't unhooked it. Cause it doesn't play it doesn't display anything on the screen, but my my uh, Xbox One um is uh is turning itself on, which is really creepy, and I just need to unplug it and throw it away. Um Something else is coming out. I just want to kind of
1: talk about a couple of games announcements. There's a – so there's going to be a free-to-play magic game that's an ARPG where the abilities are going to be tied to cards. Um, Not sure of a lot of other things, but so far it looks like it's in the vein of like a Diablo. Okay. With cards being the way that you customize your abilities. Okay. That's – all right. I'm kind of drawn to it because, you know, like, things, magic. Um, okay. I if mean. You, I, we were talking about PC Game Pass. Um, Nier Automata is coming to the Game Pass store right now. Sweet. And We've it's, seen the, a lot more. it's the updated version that didn't have all the bugs that the
0: Steam version did. Oh, yeah. It it actually has the, uh, what is it, the, the FAR mod uh, or the fix that they used. Uh I know I had to actually use the far mod for uh f- you know for the steam version when I played it uh which essentially fixes a performance bug in it um S- something else that's coming out that I would be interested in playing with you
1: is uh so I didn't play the original Baldur's Gate until I played Dark Alliance on PS2 mm mm-hmm. which was a total hack and slash Twin Stick, basically. Right. And I was like, what's this Baldur's Gate thing? And then I went back and played other things on PC uh, after the fact. That was how I got introduced into Baldur's Gate was Dark Alliance, which was a spinoff game. Wow. Well, Dark Alliance is coming back. Well, at least they're using the title. Completely different developer, everything. Okay. What Kind of the same concept. Co-op based ARPG. Okay. And that's supposed to be launching in June. PC? Yep. Okay. And Game I mean, Pass, <laughs> PC and Game PC Game Pass. Let All me right. let me make sure that I'm right. Okay. I just want to make sure. Uh, no, if, it doesn't say Game Pass. It just says it's coming to PC, PS4, PS5, Series X, Series S, Xbox One. Okay, but I'm expecting Game Pass probably.
0: I mean, I'll give it a try. I mean, if it's if it's anything like that, I mean. I'm I'm good with that. Like for the price per- of Game Pass as well. Um, yeah. Starfield
1: is set to rumored to release this year.
0: Okay, which would be another Game Pass thing. That is uh, that is a game that I have literally no idea what is actually happening with. Like I don't know what Starfield is all about. I just know that it is a name the The
1: reason the release date has been out of whack is because COVID nineteen has thrown their uh, their schedule way off. For who's working at home, who's working at office, whatever that has. And happened so it with is everybody, like though. thrown them way out of whack on what they want to release, but they want to release it in late twenty twenty one.
0: I mean, I am literally typing in my uh, my phone right now. What is Starfield? <laughs> uh, because
1: its original release date was November last year. Okay, before you know COVID and all that other stuff, they're aiming for November twenty twenty. I I'm gonna my prediction is if they get it out this year, it's going to be around that same time.
0: Okay, that so there is so little information about it is. Oh, they've been super tight-lipped about Starfield. Starfield is an original RPG in space. Yep. Okay. Um, by Bethesda, and it's at least it's an
1: original. It's their thing, and I'm okay with that. Um, okay, I, I like their
0: own thing. I I actually prefer they do something like that. Um, and that's and that is all the information that I could find. So, um, Games Radar is the one that broke the story. If it comes, if it comes out this year, I mean that's fine. If they need to delay it to fix things or to make things playable. That's fine too. At this point, there's so little information about what Starfield is that there is no possible way that I could even begin to be hyped for it. I just know it's a game, it's a Bethesda game, it's it'll, an RPG. It'll be happening.
1: And it's going to be on Game
0: Pass. So I know that I can definitely check it out
1: and not feel like I'm really, uh, really diving into something that
0: with a lot of risk. Thanks, Microsoft. But. Uh, uh, I don't got much else this week. I mean, there's plenty of other stuff, but I'm, you know, um, I'm not going to drag it on. I mean, it's it's one o'clock, dude. So (laughs) we need to get going. It's (laughs) at least an hour and a half past my normal bedtime. Yeah, this guy's about to pass out on me here, and uh, that would be really fucking awkward. So, um, uh, Jason, uh, where can you find us? You can find us at (laughs)
1: tiltcast.com. You can find us on Twitter and iTunes. I need you to rate us and review us. Um, I also need you to actually do me a favor and uh, subscribe, right? Yeah. Do the subscribe thing. Hit the subscribe button. Actually, it's not subscribe. So I was looking at this today on Spotify. So it's follow on Spotify. Give us a follow. It'll give you a notification when we do the episode. It'll also start pushing us up the list. Awesome. Um, Which would be great. And on, and on iTunes, I need you to write some kind of re- review, right? Like, I like keto shit. Lola's awesome. Whatever. You know, something to that effect. <laughs> um, two words. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi.
0: Just, just give us a good old hello. We'll, uh, <laughs> we appreciate
1: it. Um, but you can also find us on facebook.com slash tilt you will never find us if you don't do that. We found that out. Um, same thing with Twitter. It's twitter.com slash TiltCast, T-I-L-T-C-A-S-T, um, and that's where um, I interact the most with everybody's on Twitter. So mm-hmm. just do it there. Um, find some friends of the show. We've got um, Picking Up the Pixels. Uh, we've got For the Love of Gaming. We've got BMFCast.com. We've got NoQuarters.net. Oh, I should mention this. BMF Cost has some really bitchin' T-shirts. I bought one the other day. Nice. Um, It's uh, two stars. One star we're in. That's what it is. Okay. Um, And then we've got tvgp.tv. They also like Game Pass. And don't forget Cabbage. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.